I didn't grow up in a Christian family myself. Um, you know, some people, when you travel, find that kind of unusual that you come from the United States of America and you didn't grow up in a Christian family. They're all, what's up with that? I was in Japan and I was sharing my testimony uh, with a small group. And the young lady we were staying with, she said to me, she's a um, young Japanese lady, what do you mean you didn't grow up as a Christian family in America? I thought everybody in America is a Christian. I <laughs> go, not hardly. It doesn't work that way. Um, I think I might need to explain to you exactly what a Christian is in the first place. Um, and then I told her, you know, my family, we went to church. Uh, I'm going to walk down here to the front. You guys don't mind? My family went to church maybe once, twice that I can remember growing up, you know, is one of those things, Christmas is coming around, we got uh, some holidays, we, we got to feel in the Christmas spirit a little bit, so we'll head, we'll head to church, and you know, we got, it, got in there, and all my dad could do was tell my mom, hey, you know, the football game is coming on, and when's this thing going to be over with? <laughs> we got to get out of here. So that was my church experience growing up. I, I didn't have any kind of uh, church background, anything like that, but you know, as You've probably heard inside each one of us, there's that God-shaped blank or hunger or whatever you want to call it, and I was no different. Uh, I tried once or twice as a young guy to pick up that old family Bible that had a lot of dust on it. (laughs) It was sitting on the shelf my whole life and um, grabbed it and uh, looked through it, and I think I turned to the back, you know, because you always want to see what happens at the end. And so (laughs) I was reading the book of Revelation checking out the whore of Babylon, you know, that's right where I started, and I was, I was, this is really young, and I'm trying to figure out what this means, you know, what is this all about, can you give me some water while I'm talking, I was trying to figure out, what's this whore of Babylon, so I, I didn't know I was making a mistake, (laughs) I asked my mom, you know, what's, first of all, (laughs) you know, I'll just shoot it straight, what's a whore, and where's Babylon, (laughs) you know, and where on earth are you learning words like that? <laughs> like what? What are you talking about? I didn't know I was saying anything wrong. Well, I read it in the Bible. Well, stop reading it. <laughs> Don't read that anymore. <laughs> and so they were absolutely no help whatsoever in helping uh, <laughs> fill that God-shaped blank, you know. <laughs> they were like, stay out of the Bible. Church takes too long. You know, <laughs> we don't want anything to do with this. Christianity. So I was kind of on my own. But, you know, it's interesting how God can use the most unimaginable things sometimes to get a hold of us. Um, You know, we hear a lot about partying and drugs today, but I don't know if it's worse or better now. And when I was in, I think it was just about going into high school, right around that age transitioning junior high, high school. I mean, I was partying so much, I didn't, I didn't know what day it was a lot of times. You know, it was just, it was crazy back then. It was, it was all over the place. Teachers at the school were giving it to kids. People were doing it everywhere. It was just nuts. And it was like, you just almost couldn't help it getting caught up into it. And after being caught up into that whole scene for a little while, I was like, man, what is this? What is the point of this? You know, where is this going? What is this doing? I'm getting tired of this already. I mean, I'm not even hardly a teenager. I'm already burning out on this stuff, you know. I mean, you know, that God-shaped blank thing was already 
kind of reverberating, like, what is the meaning of life? You know, why am I here? What am I doing? And, you know, where is this going anyways? I mean, what do we do? And we go out with your friends and you numb your mind just to go numb it some more. And it just seemed like, what was the point? You know, what's the point to all this? I was really starting to search and wonder about the whole meaning of life thing, you know? I mean, I know that age, you don't usually start doing that, but I was doing it already. I was having a midlife crisis, you know? <laughs> Young teenager, I'm like going, why am I here, you know? And I didn't have money to go out and buy myself a new Corvette or anything, so <laughs> they kept me on the search, like a lot of people do when they have the midlife crisis. Well, what happened was just, you know, we think it's by chance, but um, it wasn't by chance. You know, God's hand was in it. I was, I was in the habit of at, ho- at home, I would go home at night and go into my room. Uh, things weren't too happy at home a lot of times. My parents were getting close to having a divorce. And so I was, you know, my room was my refuge. Go in there and just turn up the music so I didn't have to listen to whatever they were talking about or arguing about up there. And just listening to whatever music was on, you know, typical stuff. KLOS up in L.A., rock music, stuff like that. And um, there was this interesting station that I just happened to come across by accident, God's in it, um, right next to the rock station I liked. And I was kind of like suspicious, you know, I was dialing the thing around. I'd hear this guy, these people. And I'm like, man, they sure talk a lot on this station. You know, what's the deal with this thing here? You know, where, where's the music for one thing? And why are they always talking? And so I'd check it out for a moment and get off there real quick because they'd say something about God or something. And I was like, I don't know if I listen to that or not. You know, but it was uh, starting to grab my attention. And so I started going back to the station more and more. <clears throat> and I started listening to this African-American speaker up in Los Angeles. And then he was getting my attention. You know, I was starting to listen to this a little more than just for a minute. I was starting to listen to the whole message. And it was starting to grab hold of me. And I found myself continuing to go back to this guy and check him out. And man, he had some pretty good jokes. <laughs> he was funny. You know, he had a... He had a charismatic way of uh, talking about things. And so something kept drawing me back to listen to this guy. I'm like, I don't want to listen to this. I want to listen to some music. Well, no, that's kind of interesting. I can go back. You know, I was dialing the station back and forth. And as I listened to him, he's talking about God. And I kind of wondered about God. And then he's talking about God. Next thing I know, he's talking about Jesus. And I said, well, get back to the God part. I don't want to know about Jesus. I want to know about God. But he started to explain the way to God was through Jesus, that he is actually the son of God and he's God, the son, and you can't come to God except through him. And there he's the way, the truth, the life. There's no other way. And I was listening and he's convincing me and I didn't know why. I didn't understand. (laughs) The Holy Spirit was doing a work there. But, you know, I didn't. It wasn't the first time I listened. You know, I like I'm saying it was over a period of time listening to this guy and he starts talking about sin and I'm going, sin? Gee, I wonder if I've ever done that, you know? <laughs> Maybe. What does he mean by that anyways? You know, I didn't understand any of this language. This was just, you know, re- weird religious language these people use. You need to repent. You need to turn to Christ. It's like, repent? Now what's that? I mean, I couldn't figure that out either. I mean, I was trying to put it together. Re, I knew that meant repeat something. Pent. What do you... How do you do this stuff, you know? 
I was just trying to figure it out in my mind. But what happened after listening over the course of time, over, you know, a period, he began to, you know, I listened long enough finally to where he got to the time where he prayed. And he invited people to, right over the radio, receive the Lord. And so there I was, just a teenage guy, young teenager, um, listening to the radio in my room, and I prayed with him and received Christ into my heart. There was no altar call. There was no pastor. There wasn't a priest. There was nobody else. It was just the radio and me, I thought. <laughs> That's all I thought there was. But I found out there was somebody else involved in this because <laughs> I prayed and to receive Jesus, and he came into my heart. I mean, it was amazing. I was just saying, this, is really, this really works. This is true. <laughs> I mean, I really knew something had happened. You know, Christ had come into my life. And I, I can't hardly explain what went on after that because I didn't go to a rehab. <laughs> I didn't do anything. Next thing I knew, I was just like, I'm sick of this stuff. I don't want to do any more of this partying. I'm done with all this. You know, and just, just stopped. I mean, I can't even explain it. It just stopped. I mean, God just came into my life and it was all real. I, I couldn't believe the change and I'm my friends are like, you know, want me to party with them still. And I'm like, eh, I'm done with that. <laughs> Why? I, well, that wasn't a great witness yet, but <laughs> I just was done. I'm not, I'm not into that anymore. You know, I tried to explain a little bit, but they didn't understand the thing. They didn't want to hear it anyway. So God just came into my heart through Christ just by receiving him. They're on the radio. I mean, there was no church. There was no altar call. And, you know, that's the reality of the Bible, that whosoever will call upon his name. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever will call upon him, whosoever will receive him, he will come into that person's heart. And that's what he did to me. It was incredible. I, I just couldn't believe it was all true. It was all real. You know, I was listening to this. One day, it's listening to this weird religious weirdo on the radio, I thought. <laughs> Next day, I'm becoming one of them, you know? <laughs> and I realized it wasn't just weird religious weirdness, you know? It was, there, it was very real, you know? It was all very real. God was real. The Holy Spirit was real. Jesus was real. I mean, I didn't know much about the Holy Spirit yet. I'll get to that. But, you know, Jesus was very real. And so I just began to enter into a walk with God. Now, this is pretty early days, but um, I was just a radio Christian for a while. I didn't have any church. I didn't have any pastor. I didn't have any Christian friends. I didn't have anything. Nothing. But, you know, it's interesting. Um, God uses... The most amazing things. I, right before this, some time before this, I'd actually been on a um, trip to Hawaii <laughs> with uh, my parents, and I saw these guys. We were sitting in a restaurant, and I saw these guys surfing out there. And I was this is years before. I'm watching these guys in this restaurant, and I'm looking out the window and watching these guys out there surf. And I'm like, I gotta learn to do that, you know? <laughs> I gotta, I gotta figure out how how you do that. And so, I was just. All of a sudden, on a quest to learn to surf. Now, this is years before I received the Lord. I'm a little older than him. Probably like 10 years old or something. And uh, could have been 9 or 10, somewhere around there. I got my dad to uh, help me a little bit. We didn't really know what we were doing. <laughs> we found a board someplace in, some, in, our, in my uncle's bushes and dragged it out. And he tried to get me going. And people were, people were calling us uh, different things <laughs> and saying stuff to us. And I didn't really know much, but I got... Somehow, wrestled my aunt, my mother to buy me a board when I got back, and so with some other friends, we just started hitting the beach. And um, 
I just started getting into surfing at a very young age. Well, what happened was, when I received the Lord, the Lord actually used that. He pushed me more into it as a way to get away from these guys I was hanging around who were partying all the time. It was just a thing that God used to get me out and away from that whole party scene. Now, I know some people, you know, Christians have, a, or I'm sorry, surfers have a reputation for doing that sometimes. But my life, it was just a way of it getting away from all that and just having some kind of outlet as a young person um, to where you could expend a little bit of energy, <laughs> what you need to do, have something to focus on, something to, you know, an activity. And so for quite a number of years, I was just a radio Christian. You know, I'd listen to the radio, and that's how I got my teaching and grew to a degree. And was just spending a lot of time surfing and kind of just going through this transition of getting away from that whole scene and just growing in God as much as I could at that point. And, you know, the Lord knew that at some point I needed to get in some fellowship. He knew that. And so some years later, oh, a couple of years after I received the Lord, I was um, with a couple friends down at the beach. We, had a, we would do this thing in the summer where we had this beach house. It wasn't ours. It was just we'd find some place, some flop house down there in Huntington Beach. And we'd, uh, I don't even know who was paying the rent. <laughs> we'd rent it for a couple months. It was usually an apartment. <laughs> and we'd, just, we'd have it like six guys, eight guys, just all living in there. And it was mostly no furniture. <laughs> A bunch of surfboards everywhere, and we were sleeping on the floor and just surfing all day. And so, you know, we'd spend a month or two doing that during the summer, and all we do is surf night and day, or I'd surf all day and come back at night and go to sleep. And so that was all we were doing, just surfing and coming back, sleeping. And one day we're hanging out, and some guy, you know, people were coming and going all the time there. Some guy shows up, and he invites us to a concert. Hey, guys, want to go to a concert? Sounds good to me. Sounds good. Yeah, let's, let's go. So we all piled in his car, and um, he starts driving us across town and to another town and across the way, different city. And we're trying to figure out whose friend it was. <laughs> I was driving the car who invited us. I thought it was your friend. <laughs> I thought it was yours. <laughs> then we, <laughs> we pulled up at this place, and... These other guys are going, what, what is this? What are you taking us to? This doesn't look like a concert place. This looks like a church. What do you, what do you got us into here? <laughs> and, you know, he's like, don't worry about it. It'll be fun. Come on in. He's trying to convince everybody, and they're not too happy. You know? And I was just kind of being quiet. <laughs> I wasn't really saying anything. I was kind of a CIA Christian at that point, which is a Christian that's invisible, anonymous, don't say too much. <laughs> God, God was going to deal with that at some point, but that's where it was for me. So this guy was persuasive enough to get us into this um, place. <laughs> he said it wasn't really a church, but it was. <laughs> so we went in there, and they had a, was, you know, it was a lot different than any church I expected a church to be. Um, they had a rock band, and... Um, they had a speaker that was very, you know, fun to listen to. And so we went in, and uh, they were like, oh, well, this music isn't too bad, the other guys. And, you know, it's pretty good, actually. So we were just checking it out. And then they had a guy come up who spoke who could relate to, we could relate to, who was not somebody giving a long sermon or something like that. He was actually a pretty young guy. And he did an altar call. And actually, one or two of the guys with us 
went forward. And so the guy who brought us, that we didn't even know who he was, starts, oh, what about you? Aren't you going to go up? And I'm like, well, I don't think I need to. I've already done that. I received the Lord on the radio. He was kind of, he seemed like he was happy and, and kind of disappointed at the same time. <laughs> he was hoping to put another notch in his belt, you know, another one he brought in. <laughs> but he was glad. Oh, praise, praise God. And so that was a, actually kind of a, a divine appointment. You guys know what that is? You know, a divine meeting because God used this guy showing up out of nowhere to actually introduce me to this church. It was over in Costa Mesa. You probably heard of it. Calvary Chapel was at the tail end of a revival, you know, in the time I was going there. And so I started going to church there. And, you know, I actually got a Bible that was readable for me and I could understand. And I started going to Bible studies and, you know, I began to grow more in the Lord. But at that same time in life, you know, certain things were taking on a lot of importance for me. I was really surfing a lot of contests. I had gotten quite a, you know, done pretty well in some contests, actually. Finally figured out how to do it and gotten some sponsors. I was sponsored by Quicksilver, uh, like Alita, clo- or Alita Wetsuits, you know, a surf shop. You know, I had other board manufacturers like Hurley that were um, sponsoring me. He only made uh, boards back then. Didn't, didn't make his millions in clothing yet. <laughs> but, um, you know, I was doing pretty good in this thing. And like most young guys who were into surfing a lot, I was like, had starting to have plans for this, like, you know, I think I'm going to go pro. That's what I want to do. And so at this time in um, kind of, I guess you would say, surfing history in California, California was coming out of a kind of slumber with surfing. It had been like really kind of regressed over a period of time. And all of a sudden, things had completely changed. Contest surfing was getting really popular. Um, there was new board designs, new wetsuits, you know, and like just a lot of new media that was getting interested and involved. And so it was a really kind of exciting time to be involved in this, and it was really grabbing hold of me. I want to be involved in this. I'm going to serve contests. I got my plans. I want to travel. And, you know, I wanted to go um, on the circuit, not so much to surf the contest, but just to go to these places, you know, and, and check out some of those waves, different places in the world. And what happened, as I was, you know, getting more into surfing, I also had a job lifeguarding, you know, and I had, along the way, gotten involved in modeling, too. And so things were going pretty good. You know, I was modeling, uh, surfing, and um, lifeguarding, doing all these things, you know, and it's like God, you know, started to get a little more like, well, I'm into that, but I'm pretty busy, too, you know, that can happen. And at the same time, God's kind of yanking on the back of your neck a little bit going, hey, I got purposes for you you don't know about yet. And I got a plan for you that you need to get aware of. And, you know, the Lord was seeking to draw me closer to him. And so like Jacob, I'm starting to have a little bit of wrestling match here with God. You know, (laughs) hey, I got that sounds all nice and fine, but I got my own plans. You know, and I knew the Lord. You know, he wants us to always grow in relationship with him and go deeper with him. I knew that. But, you know, there's that human will we have. And so something happened. You know, you start wrestling with God. You start figuring out he knows how to wrestle pretty well. (laughs) Better than than we do. (laughs) 
he can actually do a pretty good job when he needs to. Because <laughs> I was out surfing one day, and next thing I knew, I'm limping up the beach. <laughs> I was surfing, and I took a bad spill and tore the ligaments in my knee. And, you know, this didn't look good, but I was trying to ignore it for as long as I could, but it, it wasn't going away. I'm, I tried to, you know, to go without going to the doctor for a couple of days, and my brother's watching me walk down the alley, and my knee, I'm sorry, the driveway, my knee's giving out every second step, and he's like, you better get yourself over to that doctor, <laughs> get yourself looked, over, looked at, because you can't keep going around like that. Uh, you're going to make it, you're going to have a permanent injury if you don't get it fixed. And so I didn't want to do it. I, I had a feeling what was coming, but I had to go. So I went over to the doctor, and I'm hoping he's just going to go, ah, oh, it'll heal, get out of here. That's what I was hoping for. He took one look at it, and he goes, ah, this is beyond me. i got to send you to this orthopedic specialist. I said, what are you talking about? He goes, no, no, this is not good. Get over to this, give me the address, go over to the orthopedic specialist. I went over to the orthopedic specialist, he sat me down, grabbed it, starts yanking it around, and doesn't even say anything. Comes back out and starts wrapping something on my leg and starts putting this cast on it. I go, wait, 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 hold on a second here. What are you doing? Wait one minute. You didn't ask me for permission to put that thing on my leg. He goes, well, here's the deal. Blah, 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 blah. You have a stage, blah, blah. I can't remember all the details. Either have the cast or... Wait a little longer and you'll need surgery. How do you like that? You know, what do you want? And if you just don't do anything, then you're going to be uh, limping around the rest of your life. So you make your choice right now. I put this cast on and, you know, it'll be on there for a couple months. <laughs> a couple months? What are you talking about? I don't have time for this. You know, I'm surfing, man. I got contests. Don't you know about that? <laughs> Modeling, lifeguarding, it's all going to be ruined. I can't do this. <laughs> I didn't ask for your permission. You know, this is what you need. And like, oh, okay, I guess you win. <laughs> so he put this thing on my uh, leg, and it was the worst cast you could ever imagine. It was like all the way from the bottom of my, you know, down to my ankle, up my hip. I mean, I don't know how they even made it go up, you know. It's like, I mean, I had to use crutches. It's the middle of the summer. It was hot. It itched all the time. And I couldn't do anything. <laughs> I was like grounded. <laughs> and I'm like, man, you know, should I cut this thing off? <laughs> What should I do with this? You know, and I knew that wasn't a good plan because I see what happens when people do that. <laughs> they got to go back and put it back on later or something more, surgery. So what happened is, you know, I'm back at this church in Costa Mesa and some friends had told me about this other church. It's up in Yorlinda where they were they're having a revival. And I didn't know what that was, but they had been inviting me already before this accident. Come up and visit this church. And I'm going, well, I'm busy. <laughs> you know, I kind of like where I'm at. They say, no, you need to get up here. People are getting healed. There's miracles happening. People get filled with the Holy Spirit. Well, what's that? You know, whatever. Not interested. I'm busy. You know, so, you know, see, the Lord was already trying to draw me into something deeper, but I had been putting up the hand, you know. <laughs> Talk to the hand is not a good practice with God. <laughs> it's not something you want to do. <laughs> All right, I tried it and lost. <laughs> so what happened? I remembered with this big old thing on my leg. Oh, yeah, those friends of mine had mentioned 
they, they have healing up there in this church. Hmm, that sounds pretty good. You know, I think I'll go check that place out. And so I got one of them to take me over there. And now I didn't know what a revival was, like a full-on one. I'd seen the tail end of it at the Calvary. But we went up there, and we went in this place. And I walked in, and I was like, whoa, what's going on in here? You know, <laughs> this is a little different. Man, this is kind of unusual. You know, people had their hands up. They were worshiping the Lord. Some people were falling over, you know. Other people were crying. And I thought, wow, this is kind of different, you know. I had been um, years back with a friend. His dad was involved in this thing called the Shriners. And they had this circus they would do every year that he took us to. And that was for handicapped or challenged kids. And so he took us to this circus. And um, I went in there. And I'm like, whoa, this is, you know, this is years before all this, the church up in Orlando. Went into that circus and was just kind of like, wow, a little bit overwhelmed. But that's great. These kids are having a good time. Well, I'm back in this church, came in there with my friend, got my crutches. We're in there sitting down. And I'm going, man, I feel like I'm back at the Shriner Circus. This is kind of overwhelming, you know. <laughs> Look at these people, man. They're, they're just getting into it. And I'm glad... I thought some of the people in there were probably had problems or something or were just overly emotional or I didn't know what was going on really. You know, I, I didn't really have a clue. And I didn't know I was going to be the next victim. <laughs> so, you know, they had some music and people were really getting into that. Then they had this guy speak for a long time. I thought, oh boy, man, he just talks, doesn't he? You know, he finally got around to the good part. You know, he did the call for people who want to get prayer. And that's what I've been waiting for. I've been waiting the whole time going through all this. I should have just came at the end, you know. <laughs> I just came here to get prayed for and get healed and get out of here. <laughs> I kind of had it all figured out how it was going to work. So he did this call, called people into this back room. And um, I hobbled my way back there and my crutches and and I'm pushing people out of the way. I need to get this thing taken care of. <laughs> so I got in the back. I walked into the back room. And as I walked in, just an amazing thing happened. I mean, before I even knew what, what, what was happening, I know now what was happening, but before I knew what was going on at that moment, I mean, the Holy Spirit already, already began to touch me. The moment I walked into the back room, I mean, God started to come upon me in power. And, you know, I had under, read that verse you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. But I had never understood what that meant. And here it was happening to me, right as I walked in, right as I you know, crossed the threshold and came in there. Whoa, something's going on here. The Spirit of the Lord began to really fall upon me and began to fill me. And so here I was with my crutches, you know, just kind of like, wow, barely in the room and, Stuff's already happening. <laughs> and there was this guy, and he's a bit of a wild guy, you know, an evangelist from uh, the Jesus People days, Lonnie Frisbee. Um, here he is, standing on some, this is in a high school gym, they had this church. He's standing on these wrestling mats. He's praying over people, and he starts praying over me and prophesying. And I'm like, whoa, what's going on? Because, I mean, someone opened the waterworks and didn't ask me to do it, you know, and me. <laughs> I mean, I'm like, <laughs> crying. <laughs> and like, Man, something's happening to me. I can't explain this. But the Holy Spirit was uh, just beginning to fill me. 
in power. And it was just amazing. I had never even knew this could happen, you know. I was experiencing the love and the grace of God in a way that I didn't know was even available. I mean, he just began to fill my heart. I mean, the verse in Romans chapter 8 talks about how the Holy Spirit bears witness uh, with our spirits that we are his children, you know. And my parents have been through a divorce some years back. And man, the love of the Father just came upon me and just overwhelmed me. I mean, people came over to pray on me. I'm like falling backwards. They sat me on some mats or something. And I mean, I'm there for like probably a couple hours. And they're just like, wow, this guy really <laughs> came with an open whatever. What do you call it? Open bucket. You know? <laughs> and they're praying over me and praying over me. And it's like just went on forever. And man, the Lord just did such a infilling, but also such a, he brought such a healing touch and such a outpouring of his grace upon me. You know, all those things that, been reading in the Bible about the grace and the love and mercy and the goodness of God just went right from here down to here. You know, it all became very real. And I was just amazed that such a tangible presence of God was available to us as believers. I'd never known this. It was so life-changing. I mean, it was just a real dramatic moment. You know, I was in here just hobbling in, and next thing I know, the Holy Spirit's filling me in such a way. I mean, it just was transforming. You know, I had, as I said, been a kind of a CIA Christian and never really had witnessed to people before this. But after this thing took place, I couldn't like almost help myself. You know, I was like at school, I'd start talking to people about the Lord. They're like, what? You know, Let me pray for you. I'll show you. And I prayed for someone. They're like, wow. I mean, I actually had some friends after this, that I had witnessed to these surfer friends, they received Christ. I was like, wow, this works. You know, one of them, I thought I was going to have to argue with him forever. He was really argumentative. And we're in his, we're in his uh, car one night, and like usual, he's arguing again. <laughs> I'm like, this guy never stops. He'll never get saved. Right when I was thinking he'll never get saved, he goes, you know, enough talking. Why don't we just pray? You know, isn't there something here where you just... <laughs> isn't there something here where you just really actually do this thing? <laughs> I guess I was supposed to invite you to that part, but I never did. <laughs> so this guy received the Lord, and he goes, somehow we end up starting a Bible study in his house and inviting other friends. A lot of them were surfers and just had this surfer's Bible study, and we'd read the book of Acts. <laughs> Thought, well, you know, why just read it? Let's do it. <laughs> we started praying for each other and pray for people who would come, and people would get healed. Things would happen, you know. It was just amazing. I was just like, Wow. This is pretty neat. You know, this is all real. I mean, this is, this is a living word. God is alive. Oh, praise the Lord. You know, and this Bible study, you know, began to grow. It became part of a, um, became part of a church that, that we connected it with over in Newport. And, uh, you know, it was just a real blessing because we're all young in the Lord, but we were just, you know, reading the red and believing, the, you know, what God said. <laughs> We'd read what it said and it's like, hey, let's... It says, lay hands on the sick. Let's lay hands on the sick, you know. It says, believe God for this. And people would come and get healed. And so it was a real glorious time. I mean, friends that had never even know, known Christ were coming into the kingdom. And, you know, during this time, the Lord really began to speak to me about, you know, he had plans for me, you know, for my life. And I'm going, well, 
I have plans too, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, but you need to follow my plan. (laughs) So, you know, through a series of things that, starting with that baptism of the Holy Spirit, the Lord just really began to make it clear. It's like, you need to surrender and follow my way because I'm going to do things for you um, that are going to be a blessing for you if you'll just surrender and follow me. As a younger person, I had always wanted, like I said, I was into surfing, and I wanted to surf these contests. I was more into the traveling part and just experiencing the different places. But hey, that's a pretty good avenue to get there. And so and I was already starting to go pro and all that. But, you know, it was cut short with his injury. And the Lord just began to speak to me. You know, delight yourself in me. I'll give you the desires of your heart. You know, follow me. Just lay it all down. Surrender. And I'll give you those desires of your heart. I was like, well, <laughs> you win every argument anyways. <laughs> I can't win. <laughs> I've tried. <laughs> you always get your will anyways. <laughs> so why fight it anymore? <laughs> you know, and so I just began to um, surrender. And on, through a series of things, you know, God first led me up to begin to go to a seminary where I was starting to learn about missions and, you know, ministering in different places, growing in the Lord more. And as I'm learning about missions, the Lord starts impressing me with this revival that's going on in Argentina. And I'm like, Argentina? There's a guy at Fuller Seminary where I went. His name was Peter Wagner. In fact, one day he's speaking in this chapel service about Argentina and the revival. And after the service was over, I went over to ask him some questions. And he goes, come in my office. Okay. Go into his office. He starts giving me, just like handing me one thing after the other. He's like this. Here, why don't you take this? Why don't you take that? Why don't you take this? Read all these things. They're all in Argentina. All the stuff about the revival. And his wife comes up to me and goes, hey, um, he gave you an unpublished manuscript. He never does that to anybody. You know, <laughs> he gave you other things that he hasn't even given to people. You better pay attention to what God might be speaking to you. Maybe you're supposed to go to Argentina. And I'm like, whoa, I just started dating this cute little Argentine girl <laughs> right here. <laughs> Maybe I will go to Argentina. <laughs> she was living up here. But... um. What happened was we had come into connection with this uh, mission leader who would take people on trips down there. And before we were married, I was going to go with him. And all the stuff was set up, but then he's telling me, oh, you needed this much extra money for expenses. And by the way, I have to hire you an interpreter because you don't speak Spanish. Yeah, I'm aware of that. Well, don't worry. The interpreter will only be like probably $50 to $100 a day. So no worries. You'll be okay. Yeah, on your end, I'll be okay. An extra 500 to to $1,000 is not what I had in the budget here. So I started praying, like, Lord, you said you'd give me the desires of my heart. <laughs> you know, you're, you're putting this desire about Argentina, all these things. What's your will here? And then, make a long story short, he gave me my own interpreter named Mercedes right here. <laughs> she, we did our first mission trip down to Argentina. Um, while I was still going to Fuller, and uh, I got to take a Mercedes with me down there. <laughs> Didn't get to drive, but got to show it off. <laughs> That's her name, by the way. <laughs> um, here I was just studying about missions, learning about them, and God opened this mission trip to Argentina. And, you know, it was glorious down there. The revival that they talked about was full on. You know, people were getting saved all over the place. People are getting healed. Things are happening. Signs and wonders and miracles. 
And I'm in this one meeting with a guy named uh, Carlos Anaconde, who's to minister that day. And I can't remember exactly what point of the meeting, but during the meeting, I think is when he's ministering, I start having this vision. And I start seeing myself ministering in this hot, dusty place. And I'm going, I think that's Mexico. I've been surfing down there. What happened was we came back to the United States. That vision stayed with me, but nothing happened for a while. And I was kind of wondering, Lord, you know, what's the timing on this? And wait, that's all God told me. Well, some months later, I'm praying one morning. And the Holy Spirit says, get in your car, go to Mexico. I'm praying, going, Lord, you know, is this you? Hopefully this is you and not that pizza I ate last night because <laughs> drive to Mexico and do what? I don't have a clue. <laughs> and I prayed more and it kept kind of, you know, that still small voice reverberating. So grabbed my interpreter. We got in our Honda and started driving down to Mexico, crossed the border, and we're like, we're here. We're in Mexico. Lord, we feel like you told us to come down here. Now what? Well, felt like, I don't know if you've ever seen those rides at Disneyland where, you know, I used to go when I was a little kid. You think you're driving the car. <laughs> it seems like the car is driving you. That's what it felt like. We started driving up behind the hills of Tijuana, up past Rosarito, and went, went up on the old road that the locals only use. I mean, gringos don't go on that road hardly. It's too scary. But we went up it, and then we saw this dirt road. We just felt as we're praying, go on that road. We went on that road, went over a hill. We just came over this hill. We're back in this little valley, and we saw this little market. But we got up closer, and it wasn't a market. It was a market that had had a conversion. It was a church. <laughs> people were milling around outside. We start talking to these people and um, found out they're about to have a service. Mercedes starts rallying off in her perfect Spanish. <laughs> and, you know, the guy starts speaking back in English. They're both trying to prove each other how good they can speak. <laughs> And so I thought, oh, this guy speaks English. That's interesting. And I started telling him, you know, we came all the way down from Orange County, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, God led us down here. And he's like, oh, he did. Well, he didn't really respond. He goes, you know, I have to get things going. I got a guest speaker coming. Why don't you guys, if you want to come to the service, you're welcome. If you want to just drop off. We had some clothes to drop off the clothes for the church and take off. Whatever you want to do is fine. And so I'm kind of going, well, Lord, I felt like this was the place maybe. And I, it just struck me. Ask, who is the guest speaker? I asked him who the guest speaker was, and he goes, oh, it's an American guy named John Ruckey. Right here. <laughs> this guy right here. <laughs> and so, John Ruckey, what are you talking about? I know him. He's coming here. Says, yeah, I'll be here in about five minutes or so. He's going to speak today. And I'm like, whoa, wow. I started thinking about it. How on earth did we end up at this church on this day at this time, right when our friends come in here, I knew nothing about it, you know. I think, it was, I think Jesse said it was one of the first times you've ever been there to, to, to preach. And so, how did this happen? We're still trying to figure it out, and he pulls up. And he looks out the window, and he's going, what? He gets out. He goes, what are you guys doing here? Brian and Mercedes, how did you guys get here? I was like, ah, I don't know. <laughs> I was praying this morning. God said, go to Mexico. I don't even know how we ended up here. We were just praying, and it, the Holy Spirit led us here. He goes, whoa, this is miraculous. So what happened was, John, you know, 
he had us come in and share a little bit. He preached, and he starts prophesying over us after the service. You know, when we were having the ministry time, he had a bottle of oil, ministering, dumping it on us, and prophesying about how God was fulfilling a vision and also um, opening a ministry down there. And I'm like, wow, that's just like the vision I had in, the, in Argentina. And so the pastor, Jesse, he starts going, hey, you guys are supposed to start ministering here. He starts having us come. I mean, this guy would call us. When are you coming next? When are you coming next? You know, and he'd bring us down there, have us preach, have us go to other churches, take us to other places. And man, the Lord was just moving. You know, we saw miracles and people getting saved and people getting healed. We've been down there now for how many years? 15 years. The Lord has given us uh, radio ministry down there in Tijuana, right in, um, what's it called? Right in CISO, right there in the center of Tijuana. It's on Saturdays at 10. You can probably get it here. It's on 1310. And we got some flyers back there. We have a radio ministry here in the U.S. too, KPRZ, 1210 on Fridays at midnight. That's the commercial. Get past that. <laughs> Anyways, um, you know, God just opened up a ministry. He fulfilled the vision he had given me down in Argentina. And it was there that, in Mexico, that God just started having us do all this ministry. You know, I had gone to Mexico as a young person and surfed some of these places and always liked going down there. But now, I was down there ministering. We go and minister, eat some tacos with the pastor afterwards, and we're right by the surf spots, stop by the um, surf spot afterwards, go surfing, and I'm surfing these great waves like all to myself in Mexico. And I'm just going, wow, this is amazing. You know, not only did I get to come down and minister and preach, but I'm down here surfing too. And man, time after time, the Lord would set up divine appointments with surfing. He would use it as a bridge. I mean, I'd be in the water and start talking to someone. Next thing I know, I'm sharing the gospel with them. This would happen time after time. We ministered in Europe a lot, and that the vehicle of surfing has been a huge bridge to reaching to people who are unchurched, unsaved into their lives. Just recently, and I'll close with this, because we're getting near the end, I think. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Make sure I, I was going to go on if I had time. But <laughs> we were just recently um, in um, Santa Barbara. Now, a friend of mine who didn't even, doesn't even surf, he sends me this email. He's been living in Colorado. He doesn't even surf. Oh, there's a good swell going to hit Colorado. And I told Mercedes, I'm sorry, going to hit Santa Barbara. I'm going, this guy wouldn't know anything about surfing. Look, this, this could be a hoax. And I'm thinking about it. Next thing I know, the Lord starts touching my heart. No, look into it. I look into it. There is a huge swell hit in Santa Barbara. And we were just right at that time thinking about taking a little break. It's been both of our birthdays. We hadn't had any time off. So this is, I think, three weeks ago. We head up to Santa Barbara. got some really good waves. But God had a different plan. You know, we got to surf some spots that never break. One of the best swells there's been in, like, years, you know, years and years. And we're in this little motel we stayed in. We're checking out. Mercedes starts talking to the desk clerk about surfing because it's on the front page of the newspaper right by the desk and she starts talking about the waves he's a surfer but it turns out he's a backslidden christian he was preparing for ministry and fell off the whole thing and was drinking again and all the rest and so she shared with him well then i started sharing with him you know we told him you know you need to rededicate your life to the lord this is a day yeah let's go in the back room let's pray we prayed with him he rededicated his life to the lord Praise God. Not only that, he got filled with the Holy Spirit. And the most incredible thing, there's two incredible things. 
He had an injury he had gotten falling over while drinking. He had fallen on top of a bottle or something and injured himself really bad. He couldn't lift his arm. He couldn't breathe well. We're done praying. He's going, I can't believe this. What's going on? I just got healed. We didn't even pray for him to get healed. It was just a miracle. (laughs) Two maids were watching. They had come in the room while we were praying. And they said, we don't know what you're doing. But whatever it is, we want it. How much? How much? That's they, yeah. They said, you know, ¿cuánto cuesta? You know, they're asking Mercedes in Spanish. <laughs> they said, no, it's free. It's all about Jesus. These two maids receive the Lord too. I mean, praise God. You know, hallelujah. I'm going to close up here, but I just want to encourage you tonight. God will use anything in our lives, whatever it might be. You know, he wants us to bridge out into this lost world in whatever ways we can. And he will use the things in our life when they're laid down to him um, as vehicles to reach into this lost world. Paul said, I become all things to all men that I might save some. You know? And whatever things we, business, uh, whatever work we're doing, those things can be bridges to this lost world. And so I'm just encouraged tonight to be with you guys. And the Holy Spirit's here with us all. And just, you know, we can have a prayer time after uh, Bob comes up. And if you need ministry for anything or you don't know the Lord, we'd love to pray with you. Praise the Lord. God bless you. <laughs>